thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to This Week in Wellness with Brett Hill. Real news, real health, real quick. Hi, I'm Brett Hill. And this week in wellness, a team of American researchers have shown that reducing sugar by just 20% in packaged foods alone and 40% in drinks, they could prevent half a million deaths and save over $2 billion in the US alone within the first 10 years. The study, published in the journal Circulation and conducted by a team of researchers from the Massachusetts General Hospital, the Friedman School of Nutrition, Science and Policy at Tufts University and the New York City Department of Health and Mental Hygiene showed that sugar reductions could help prevent 2.48 million cardiovascular events, 490,000 cardiovascular deaths and 750,000 cases of diabetes. We hope that this study will help push the reformation initiative forward in the next few years, says C.E. Shangguan, MD and lead author and attending physician at MGH. Reducing the sugar content of commercially prepared foods and beverages will have a larger impact on the health of Americans than other initiatives to cut sugar, such as imposing a sugar tax, labelling added sugar content, or banning sugary drinks in schools. They went on to say that if you include the cost of lost productivity, then over the adult life of the American population, the total cost savings rises to $160.88 billion, and that these benefits are likely to be underestimated since the calculations were conservative. The study also demonstrated that even partial industry compliance with the policy could generate significant health and economic gains. Sugar is one of the most obvious additives in the food supply to reduce reasonable amounts, says Dariush Mozaferian, co-senior author and dean of the Friedman School of Nutritional Science and Policy at Tufts University. He went on to say that our findings suggest it's time to implement a national program with voluntary sugar reduction targets, which can generate major improvements in health, health disparities and healthcare spending in less than a decade. As always, the links are in the show notes. Now, my opinion on this is that, first of all, those numbers are massive. It just goes to show how impactful our overconsumption of sugar, particularly processed added sugar in processed foods and sugary beverages, just how much of an impact they're having on the health of our society. Now, these are American numbers, but I'm here to tell you that in Australia, we have equally high consumption, or at least very near to equally high consumption of sugar, and no doubt have very similar effects and very similar costs. So the, whilst these are American numbers and many people will say, and, and perhaps rightly so, that America might be amongst the worst in the world as far as sugar consumption, we can equally say that to a large degree, these numbers could be replicated to a significant extent throughout the world. Now, I'm always wary when people start recommending voluntary targets for things like this. I think you know, industry-led targets, whilst they can be useful and beneficial, whilst they can lead to some improvements, they sometimes avoid the necessary regulatory guidelines that we might otherwise put in place, particularly in this instance in terms of what we might want that sugar replaced with and how quickly and how soon we want to go about doing it and in what products we want to see those reductions. You know, whilst I think these voluntary targets would be great, Personally, I would prefer to see them, well, look, ideally, I would prefer to see it consumer-driven in that the consumers simply refuse to buy these products and therefore it changes in that way. But in the absence of that, and it certainly doesn't appear that we're heading in that direction quickly as we would like to be, then I'd like to see this more of a regulatory guideline rather than a voluntary target so that we could figure out what is the best way to reduce these sugars, what is the best thing to replace them with, in what products do we want these sugars reduced in and by what percentages do we want them reduced um, and have a real cold, 
concrete goal um, and some real consequences of not reaching those goals as well. However, as I said, I think the voluntary targets are a great start as well. And just think of the dollars we're talking about here. We're talking about $160 billion in America alone. Now, obviously, that's over the lifetime of that adult population. So, it's over a long period of time, but we're still talking about $2.48 billion just in the next 10 years. That is a phenomenal sum of money. And I want you to think about what could we do with those dollars? Imagine if we were able to cut the sugar consumption down by that degree, where else could we spend that money in healthcare? What sort of an impact could we have in other areas of reducing the chronic disease burden? What sort of an impact could we have in making healthy options available to the population? What sort of an impact could we have in other medical treatments, cures, medications, all of those sort of things? What could we be doing with $160 billion, and not just in healthcare, what could we be doing from a societal perspective to improve our rates of education, to look after those who are most in need, to look after the impoverished, to educate uh, our society about different aspects of health, to provide for clothing, food, housing, you know, all of these areas that we would love to see more money spent, maybe even sport and recreation, getting people outside and fit and healthy. $160 billion is a phenomenal sum of money. And you know, the, the possibilities of what we could do with that are just endless. And I think it's also important to remember that just because people consuming sugar have these health problems doesn't necessarily mean that all of the methods of removing the sugar are equal. So we really want to start thinking about do we want to be adding artificial sugars into all of these products and creating huge chemical ramifications and, and chemical concoctions going into products. You know, do we want to be mindful of what we're replacing the sugar with? Do we want to be mindful of whether we are in fact replacing it with, for example, unhealthy fats or salt, which are other ways of adding flavor and, and addictive properties to foods? Or do we want to be actually pushing people back towards real whole foods that contain natural sugars and foods without added sugars, but also without added chemical storms of uh, of other additives, flavors, colors, those sort of things as well. So once again, this is where it comes back to taking a more nuanced perspective about how we want to achieve and what we want to make these targets to be because we know that there's a lot more to food than just sugar and there's a lot more to eating healthy food than just minimizing the sugar. So I think what we really want to be pushing people back towards is eating natural, healthy, nutrient-dense products that are naturally low in added sugars and naturally full of nutrition because ultimately that's what's going to get us the best bang for our buck. So if we can create and incentivize people to create more of those sort of products, if we can uh, encourage the consumer back towards more of those sort of products and incentivize people to grow and produce those sort of products, I think that's how we're going to get the best bang for our buck and probably is the best way we could spend the savings that we would make, these $160 billion in the US alone, in order to create fundamental changes in the health of our society, to reduce our rates of chronic disease, to reduce the chronic disease burden in our society, and therefore to reduce our risk to all sorts of other diseases because we know that, that that's what happens. That lifestyle-related disease is absolutely on the rise and puts us at risk of other diseases, bacteria, viruses, infections, all of those sort of things. So the more we can encourage the reduction in sugar, but particularly the more we can encourage the consumption of natural, healthy, nutrient-dense foods, the better we're going to be. 
You've been listening to This Week in Wellness with Brett Hill. Continue the conversation. Find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash This Week in Wellness. If you like this episode, please leave us a review on iTunes. And for more information about this and other projects from me, head to drbretthill.com. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.